1: Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics.
0: Where do Where you All
1: right, everybody, welcome to the Auburn Live basketball show. I am Justin Hokinson, joined by Jay Phillips, contributor to AuburnLive.com. Jay,
0: what's up, man? How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, you know. Got a win last night against Florida, despite a very ugly first half, but saw some good things, you know. It was ugly. Auburn still has plenty to work on, but can't complain, starting SEC playoff with a win. Yeah.
1: By the way, I like your background. I like your – what What? What? What are the obbies in the gnomes? Is that the – is that like Christmas nutcrackers? What do we got?
0: Yeah, we got a Christmas nutcracker here, a tiki, uh, a gnome, and then a uh, Bobby, who's standing on a newspaper from the Final Four appearance. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. This like some
0: Got call, stuff right there.
1: Nice, man. Um, all right, let's talk about this game. Um, Auburn, Florida. Um, trying to pull up the stats. 12 lead changes, 10 ties. Um, Auburn pulls this thing out 61-58. to 58. Um they are down 3 at halftime, would have been down 6 if not for that Wendell Green three-pointer. Um and then the second half was just a back and forth back and forth affair. Um you're right about first and second half. It was definitely a uh it was definitely a game of of halves. Auburn shot Auburn shot 28% from the field in the first half. Was 2 of 6 from 3. Florida shot 36% in the first half and was one of eight from three. Second half, Auburn shot 48% from the field. Florida shot 44%. Both teams still couldn't hit any threes. So for the game, they were combined three of 19 from three-pointers. So that that never really got going for anybody. Um, But Auburn shot 48% from the field in the second half and only committed three turnovers compared to 28% in the first half with 12 turnovers. So completely different second uh, second half for Auburn on offense. Um, and, uh, and Florida picked it up too, which tends to happen with Auburn. If they feel like they've got a press on offense or if they feel like it's not coming, if they really got to ratchet up the energy to try to produce points on offense, generally their defense struggles or suffers, um, which it, it kind of did. I mean, they gave up, obviously gave up a little bit more few more points and allowed Florida to shoot a little bit higher percentage in the second half as they tried to get the energy and ramp things up going. Um, Auburn was, let's see, plus 12 in rebounding, 40 to 28. Auburn had 17 offensive rebounds, which was five more than uh, West Virginia got against Florida, which was Florida's season high allowing offensive rebounds. So 17 is a big number for Auburn there against a team that doesn't give up a lot there. Um, Florida did have six blocks to Auburn's three. Steals were pretty even. Bench points um, was a weakness for Auburn. Florida outscored uh, Auburn 27 to 12 on the on the bench. Um, we talked about that a little bit in the first thoughts. Um, Auburn is not good enough to 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 just rely on their five starters. They don't have Jabari and Walker out there. We mentioned in the first thoughts that the the entire starting five was plus in the box, plus minus. The entire bench was in the minus. Um, and so that's something that's going to have to be uh, corrected. And then really it was carried by Wendell Green, Jalen Williams, and Janai mm-hmm. Uh Wendell finished with 14. Jalen finished with 13. Janai finished with 14. Those three scored 31 of the, I think, the 38 points in the second half for Auburn. Um, Wendell got to the free throw line, and then Jalen and Janai just started hitting buckets. Um Probably the one glaring outside of, you know, maybe bench points, the other really glaring negative was free throw shooting. Florida was 17 of 19 on the road. Auburn was 16 of 24 in their own home arena. That, that's not good enough. Um, you're t- eight points at the free throw line in a game that was a one-point game with Florida with the ball with a chance to win. Uh, it shouldn't have been like that. Even with the turnovers, okay, Auburn committed too many. Hit your free throws at home, and, it's, and it's, um, it doesn't come down to the last shot. Um, so that's kind of a quick overview, quick stats of the game. All right, give me your give me your sort of thoughts on, on as you watch that. What were you seeing? Um, what do you think went better in the second half?
0: Um, just kind of dive into this thing a little bit for me. I mean, there's a lot to take out of that game too, especially the second half. Like you were saying, you know, one of the things that I've been, you know, the bench point thing was a big deal, I feel like. But I feel like there's a flip side to that as well, where we've been saying that Auburn needs to get, some solidified rotations and a little better chemistry going with the guys who are on the court at the same time and stuff. Uh, Jalen Williams, Janai Brome, and Wendell Green stepping up, I hope kind of forces that to happen a little bit, even though it's going to take some opportunity away from the bench as well. You know, you saw no minutes to Chance Westry again, uh, a light load, pretty light load for Trey Donaldson again, and that's just because those guys are playing so well. You know, I mean, Chance Westry, there's more stuff going on there, I'm sure, but With Wendell Green and Trey Donaldson, you're just not going to see those 20-minute, you know, 10.5 rebound games from Trey Donaldson if Wendell Green's the best player on the court. And that's what Auburn needs him to be, I think, you know, Auburn's best when they're like that. So that was encouraging to me. I feel like Wendell Green also answered a couple of questions there. Uh, Last year, the big question was why does Auburn keep giving the guards the ball in these late games and why can't Wendell Green make the right decision in a late game? And I think that took away from some of the good things that Wendell and KD did in late games. And this year, Wendell Green has sort of righted that ship. You know, he had big plays down the stretch against St. Louis, Uh, you know, big plays away from home and all of Auburn, you know, when he was healthy and in uh, Cancun. And, uh, you know, big plays again, making that game winning layup. And that was just an insanely tough layup that he had at the end there. Double clutch and going on to the other side of the you know, probably taking some contact in there. I can't remember it quite off the top of my head, but very impressive. So that was huge for me. He's answering the question of can Wendell Green make the right decision late in games? Can Wendell Green be a go-to scorer? You know, can Auburn have a go-to scorer at all? And I think Wendell's starting to answer all those questions, Jalen and Janai as well. But that was sort of a big takeaway for me on the plus side is Auburn's just continuing to build that identity of we have a guard who can sort of do everything. He's going to be hot and cold at times, but we have this really, we're, you know, we're building this really high floor with two post players who have just won almost every matchup by the end of the game that they've seen in the past couple of weeks. <clears throat> yeah, you mentioned,
1: um, mentioned Trey Donaldson. I think that a couple things, you know, he played 12 minutes, which is kind of more in line with what he was doing mm-hmm. before Georgia State. He had a few 12-minute games, a few single-digit minute games. Georgia State, USC, Washington, he was creeping up to 20 minutes. Um, I think I think what you saw against Florida was not necessarily an indictment on Trey, only getting 12 minutes. Um, I think you saw Auburn really struggling to score. Um, and then the way the second half started, Wendell came out on fire. Hit a three, got to the foul line. I think he had... I think he had like seven or eight points in the first few minutes of yep. the second half and so i think i think that was just a, that was just one of those games last night where wendell wendell had to play mm-hmm. wendell had to play and he had to lead and he really was going to have to go he played 15 of the 20 minutes in the second half trey got the other five so um wasn't necessarily a huge indictment on trey other than trey's just trey's done a really good job but he's not necessarily a true catalyst yet. He's a he's been pretty good at handling the ball. I mean, yesterday he had two rebounds, an assist, and a turnover in 12 minutes. So he was fine. Ran ran the ran the you know ran the offense. It was fine, but he wasn't necessarily a catalyst to jumpstart things and get things going and create and and up the energy on offense the way they needed to against Florida. And so they really had no choice but to go to Wendell. So that is something to watch. And that is you know hey. You can't. Wendell can't play 28 minutes every SEC game. That, that's going to be really tough on him. Um, and so at some point, Trey's taken some good steps, but now can he can he have enough confidence, or can he be a true catalyst? Can he push the ball? Can he attack the basket? Can he can he be somebody that when he's in there, it's not just kind of holding on and sort of running the offense and expecting other guys? Or maybe you can if you pair Trey with the right people. You know, maybe Trey can be that guy if he's in there with a rotation and you've got Jani, if he's in there with Jani and Jalen maybe. But a lot of times that's Wendell, you know, it's, it's, it's the rotation. So it's how do you sort of build something around Trey so that the offense doesn't lag when he's in there and Wendell doesn't have to play a ton of minutes. Um, because 28 minutes, uh, you know, and 15, 15 minutes in the second half, and then Jalen played 16, Janai played 16. So it was pretty clear he leaned on those veteran guys, those starters. Chris Moore played 13, and then KD played 13 in the second half. Even though he was only one of five shooting, he did have three assists and was bringing some energy um, in that in that second half. But uh yeah, I mean, you got to like what what, what, um, what Jalen did in the second half, but really Jani was, I mean, Wendell was the spark plug, I thought, but Jani was the story of that game. 14 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, by the way. Jani is, is, is I've written about it now a few times, I think you have too, he's sneaky good now when it comes to assists and mm-hmm. steals and things like that. He didn't have a steal the other night, but going into the game, per game, he was leading the team in steals, and then exactly. he did four assists as the center, as the as Auburn center. Um, and so he, he's got some, some, some nice skills in terms of not just scoring and rebounding, but helping and dishing out. He's, so does Jalen Williams really. Mm-hmm. Um, but 14 and 11 for Janai. Uh, and meanwhile, his counterpoint played 27 minutes, his counter, his counterpart Colin Castleton played 33 minutes, 33 minutes, Colin Castleton was one for six with six points, four for four from the free throw line. He did have eight rebounds and four assists. Castleton also had three turnovers, including the one at the end that resulted in Wendell's layup. Um, I think Castleton had a few blocks, too. So he was active on the defensive end. I thought he had a major presence on the defensive end where Auburn was, I thought, hesitant to attack the basket. They were very cognizant of him. Um, down low, the way teams were of Walker last year. Um, and I think that kind of messed with Auburn in the first half. I think that made them more tentative than they needed to be. Um, but the job that Janai Broom did on Colin Castleton, manning him up, not letting him get close to the basket, really playing good defense, being in the right position was fantastic. Castleton, if, if most people remember, um, he scored 22 points in Auburn last year, and he scored 19 points in Gainesville last year, and that's with Walker Kessler, who was the National Defensive Player of the Year on the floor. He is a very active and athletic and, and quality player. And so for Janai to go in there and win the center battle 14-11 and 11 to 6-8 and eight, um, was, was, super, was super impressive, um, and you knew he had to be motivated. Of course, Janai chose Auburn over Florida. He's two hours from Gainesville's campus. He had a ton of family in town. And so Janai now all of a sudden, you know, he's had about three games now where he's, he's playing like what we thought he would play like. He's getting better. He's getting better. And I think as the SEC schedule kind of keeps going here, I think Janai has got a chance to sort of get used to SEC play, the physicalness of it. Um, And he's somebody to watch now. He's, I think he's starting to come on, looks a little bit healthy Um, and, uh, that would just be huge to go along with Jalen. Um, those two guys could be, could be huge, but I love what Janai is doing right now. Massive game against Florida.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you are saying on his assists as well, Janai has actually led all Auburn starters in assists for the past two games. He had five against Washington. Uh, Trey Donaldson had seven against Washington off the bench. So he didn't lead the whole team, but I, I believe he was either led the team last night or was tied for the lead in the team last night. But uh, either way, you know, also the rebounding has been huge. I've been harping on that a lot lately. Auburn lost the rebounding battle to Georgia State, and Georgia State, you know, they have some solid bigs. They're coached by Jonas Hayes. They're going to be good down low, but you can't be, you know, Auburn has elite an elite front court for the second year in a row, and they're still at times finding ways to lose the rebounding battle, and I know it's because they're hounding shot blocks and trying to get into transition over everything else, but you just got so much uh size down there, so much athleticism. You gotta be able to do a little better. I think they've flipped the switch in terms of offensive rebounding, and that's sort of how they've gotten back on top. You know, they've I think they've calmed down on the shot blocking a little bit, but they're definitely going harder on the offensive glass. They've won the last three rebounding battles by double digits after that pretty uh poor performance at Georgia State. And there were a couple other ones that were like that Georgia State game, but that's good. You know, that boosts the overall defense for this team and stuff too. And I think the defense, you know, like we were talking about with Castleton, being able to slow him down and, you know, it, maybe it, you know, maybe it's an outlier. Maybe he just, maybe they just got in his head or whatever, but the defensive approach Auburn took at him was really impressive. They threw different bodies at him, double teamed him, you know, brought Flanagan over to, who, you know, Flanagan didn't play well offensively at all last night, but he was instrumental in slowing down Castleton. Several guys were, they threw the double teams at him, threw extra bodies at him, really denied the ball, just took away his shots, took away his actions before they got started. It was an impressive defensive performance there. And I think that's something where you don't get as many style points for that kind of thing. But when you're talking about not only, you know, can you just stop another team's best player, but there are so many elite big men in college basketball this year. It's, you know, Field of 68 called it the year of the big and stuff, and that's completely accurate. You just look around the SEC. Oscar Sheboy, you got, you know, Janai Brome and Dylan Cardwell as top 10 shot blockers at Auburn, and the list goes on. Colin Castleton at Florida. So being able to stop these guys is huge for Auburn. Um, It's just one of those things where you can take another team's best player, and this year we're seeing all these big men who can facilitate offense and score and defend. You take them out of the game, and not only does that give you an advantage on, you know, just straight up an advantage, but it makes life easier for your big man as well, if that's who you're relying on. Yeah, I was looking at the stats
1: from last night. Florida scored with 437 left in that game. Florida hit a bucket. Trey Bonham hit a driving layup to put Florida up 54 to 50 with 437. Um, And so Auburn held them to four points in the last four and a half plus minutes. Two of those four points were free throws by Colin Castleton. So they allowed one basket to Florida in the last 4:37 of that game. Um, really clamped things down um, as that game as that game went on. And I thought it was a cool moment at the end. Um, you know, Auburn's got the ball. They're up 59-58, and then Jalen Williams just, you know, just a really bad pass with uh, with 25 seconds left in that game. Tried to look like it was maybe Janai that was cutting. Thought He could sneak it there for a layup, and just, just you know, didn't realize who the defender was. Maybe if that's a shorter defender, he doesn't get up as quick as that guy did. But that guy just snagged it. Um yeah, it outside. seemed like he didn't see
0: the defender at all when he threw the ball. Yeah. it was just like Jalen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad pass from a from a guy who's a good passer. Yeah, and you could see, boy, Bruce. You know, you could see them just hands, just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know what, I don't, I can't remember how much time was on the shot clock when he did that, but. 25 seconds, you know. I mean, Auburn had a chance there to yeah. at least run a little more clock down. I mean, shoot, Jalen could have taken that three. He was open. Um, mm-hmm. That bad pass, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, we just gave Florida a shot to, to win this game. But then who comes up with the steal on the other end? Jalen Williams.
0: Yeah. Uh, so gets great. out to Wendell, too. and
1: Yeah. And really got fouled, by the way. Like, if it's a good thing they didn't call it, but it's a good thing they kind of let it go because it turned into a layup. But Colin Castleton just straight, just straight <laughs> up shoved Jalen Williams to the ground. But that that was a good example of Colin Castleton pressing. He he's not a guard. He did it earlier in the game where he tried to bring the ball up the court and he charged. Um, might have been Wendell or I can't remember. Might have been Jalen. Might have Jalen. Again, yeah, yeah. Um, where he kind of got out of his element a little bit and that's what happened there. He was trying to be the guy to make the make the move, and he was trying to dribble and and puts his arm out and really shoved Jalen Williams to the ground. And when he did that, he, he lost control uh, of the basketball and Auburn got the steal. So really Jalen sort of redeemed himself on that on that other end. Um, so Auburn's 1-0 defensively, you know, really good job. Offensively, great second half. That's that's encouraging. It's encouraging to see Wendell get a little confidence. Um, it's encouraging to see Jalen and Janai now again. Consistently now Jalen and Janai are, are doing their part now. Um, which is, which with this team, anything consistent is good, is a good thing. Any type of signs of consistency from really? a player or players is a great sign because I think that's just one of the things that they lack. Um, but you're starting to see some of that specifically with Jalen and Janai. Uh Three turnovers in the second half, so much better. And that's really impressive considering how much more energy they had. They were trying to speed things up. They were trying to play faster. It, it wouldn't have surprised me if they had – Turnovers in the second half, but still scored points because they're trying to make stuff happen. But they did three. That's all they had sure. was three terms. And one was one we just talked about was with 20 seconds left was a bad pass. So, I mean, you're talking about two turnovers and in, in, you know, the bulk of the second half and the main play of the second half. Um, so they're one and in conference play. Um, beat a Florida team, which I don't think we know how good Florida is. I know that, you know, they're not great. We know that. Um, they're now seven and six. Um, they're super talented. But there's some talent there. It's not just Castleton. I mean Kawasi yeah, Reeves yeah. was was awesome. Um
0: he had fifteen several points. Four for year one. Guards. Do I know? They got several four year guards on that team and you know, Myron yeah. Jones from Birmingham who played at Penn State, and uh, the point guard they have I think from maybe St. Bonaventure. He he started there for two or three years. I mean, that's that's an experienced team with a couple of really talented pieces and Reeves and Castleton. You know, Todd Golden had a little bit of trouble starting off there. It seemed like they had that Florida Atlantic loss and a couple of really poor performances that had people going after Golden a little bit. But I think he's you know finding some consistency. You know, finding you know sort of like what Auburn's doing, finding a way to win over there and. That was an impressive game for them, too. I mean, I I totally expect Florida to get some good wins this year after seeing how they played last night. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, Press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: Well, and yeah, and you, you mentioned it. Really, the Florida Atlantic loss is probably, you know, that well. I mean, but hold on. Looking at, um, I mean, Florida Atlantic is 11-1, and 1, by the yeah. way. I mean, okay. not to get too deep into this, but Florida Atlantic's 11 and one. Their only lost to Ole Miss. Now they haven't necessarily played anybody, but they're Florida Atlantic sitting there 11 and one. So Florida has lost there. Florida lost to Xavier. That's a quad one loss by seven. Now Florida did play West Virginia on a neutral court and get beat by 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Auburn goes to West Virginia. That that is that's going to be a tough matchup for Auburn. That's going to be a tough it's a one. Great
0: matchup too, though. I just Getting Bruce Pearl and you know Pearl and Huggins in the same spot and seeing how these two teams the physicality. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Class. I cannot wait for that game.
1: That's gonna be. Then you got um, uh, a 21 point loss of UConn. Again, UConn's one of the best. UConn's you know that's a top five type. Let's see, where are they in Ken Palm? UConn is number two in Ken Palm. Yeah,
0: and people have been calling for UConn to be the number one team all year. And then
1: you've got uh, a, a, a loss, a nine-point loss to Oklahoma. So Florida came in with one, two, let's see. All five of their losses are not just quad one losses. They're basically all top 40 losses. Now, some big margins there, 20 points, 20 points, 30, and then a seven and a two. So a couple of big margins, but um, that's seven and five record. And now a seven and six record. Now all six losses are quad one losses. Um, and Auburn's a, a 1A loss because it was on the road. So I'm curious to see how Florida does the rest of the season because this, I don't think the record – I mean, that's a pretty tough schedule, and they basically lost to the best teams they've played. Um, but but there's some good athletic ability there, like we said, with Castleton and Kawasee Reeves, and um, Trey Bonham made some plays. And let's let's see if they can develop a little something. Um, but for Auburn, um, obviously you had to start off 1-0. The schedule's too tough. The SEC's too good. Auburn needs to take care of home home court at, at Neville. They did that. Now they get a week off. They play Georgia on the road. Um, and then they have a chance to be 2-0 and as they host Arkansas in that first monster game on January 7th. Obviously from Wednesday night, boy, Kentucky gets smacked at Missouri. Yep. Alabama looks really good at Mississippi State. Um, LSU takes care of Arkansas at home. Arkansas falls on the road, close game in Baton Rouge. Um Tennessee has a squeaker at Ole Miss. Man, it's the SEC. It's SEC basketball. Right now, Alabama looks like the best team. Um there's a gap to me between Alabama, not a huge gap, but but between Alabama and maybe you know, Tennessee or Arkansas or somebody you want to put right there in the two spot. Um and then gosh you know, and then maybe there's a little gap between those teams and, and maybe where Kentucky and Auburn are. Auburn, Auburn might be a tad better than Kentucky at the moment, but um, but even Alabama, as good as they are, I don't think they are head and shoulders above the, the other four teams. And so, um, and you look at Missouri seems to be for real. Mississippi State's still going to be pretty good. Very impressive. Missouri, yeah, gosh, they smoke Kentucky. So, uh, look, the SEC is going to be ultra competitive. We talked about Auburn needing to do well in these first eight games they're off to a 1-0 start did you see anything Wednesday night from some of the other scores I don't want to go just one game yeah one 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 night but is there anything you saw from the SEC and from Auburn what makes you think any differently about Auburn standing in the SEC after one night
0: yeah I think so I think last night was pretty eye-opening in the sense that it looked like kind of felt like coming into conference play that Auburn was a good bit behind everybody else, that they had the talent the chemi- or, you know, the potential to put it together and be a top four, top five SEC team if everything fell into place. But after last night, it looks like Auburn has a lot more time to get its stuff together. And, you know, it's these teams, like, you know, playing Arkansas, Arkansas didn't look great. They're without Nick Smith. Uh, that looked like a loss after Auburn's USC game and after the Memphis game, you know, how much confidence did anybody have that Auburn was going to beat that Arkansas team. Now I'm not so sure, you know, it looks like Auburn's going to have a good chance. And I think Alabama too, you know, I think I see a lot of people, even Auburn fans kind of worrying about Alabama, but that Mississippi state game, it looks great. It looks like a top 25 win on paper, but Mississippi state's coming off a loss to Drake. And then they just squeaked by nickel state by two points the game before. So I don't know how impressive that is as a win either. But it's a good win. Alabama is definitely still the best in the conference to me right now. I'm not sure if they're going to be like an unbeatable team or anything, head and shoulders above the rest, kind of like you were saying. But I think that the big thing, the big overall sentiment that I took from the first night of conference play is that Auburn has a lot of time to get itself together. Um, Maybe not if they want to win the SEC, but in terms of getting a top four seed in SEC play and getting a solid NCAA tournament resume together, I think there's time to go.
1: Yeah, it is. It's going to be a work in progress. <clears throat> yeah, you mentioned Mississippi State. Yeah, what a weird, you know, you're right. They, they, they lose to Alabama by 11. That game was, you know, Alabama kind of had, it was somewhat close and Bama really pulled away late. Um, they lose to Drake, which is a top 100 team. But then you're right before that, a two point win over Nichols State, who is, you know, probably in the 160s, um, a, a 10 point win over Jackson State, 69 59. Jackson State's in the 300s. Mm-hmm. Um, take care of business, take care of business. Yeah. Some big wins. Really what's got Mississippi state is a, a pair of neutral site wins against Marquette and Utah kind of out of nowhere. Marquette's um, a quad one, Utah's quad one Marquette's. Um, let's see they're I'm looking at one They're They're 25th in Ken Palm, They're 11th in, in Torvik. So Mississippi state's got kind of those couple of early wins that you're like, huh? But then now, you know, maybe we'll we'll see kind of what they do. And now, now Mississippi State, by the way, uh, has to go to Knoxville um, as they're in their next game. But I agree with you. I think for Auburn, I think um, you know we get a lot of discussion on our board about this Auburn team. That, and I've and I've tried to tell people even before the season, I tried to tell people that I thought eleven and seven in conference for this team would be a would be a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. Like not not I think that's what they'll go or that would be good. I think that'd be a very good record in league play for this team. And a lot of people didn't believe me or wanted to act like that was not good enough or expectations should be higher. Uh, And you still saw some of that last night in the first half, that Auburn game, just reading our message board at auburnlive.com. It was, um, I just think people have a little bit um, of an inflated sense of what this team is. And right now there's, there's, there's not a Jabari. There's not a Walker. There's not an Isaac Okoro, you know, um, you don't have that 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 dude out there, and so I think people need to take a little bit step back, a little bit of a step back um, on this team and what they are right now. Let's see what they can become, but chill with the expectations of defending the SEC. I mean, maybe, but there's a lot of holes, there's a lot of flaws. I mean, let's just, you know, let's just see if this team develops and take a step back on you know, like we talked about those first eight games. I thought. You know, I thought it gave Auburn a good chance to be five and three in those first eight games. And that wouldn't disappoint me. But then I saw some people saying, oh, they, they should be at, at worst six and two or they better be seven and one. I'm like, hold on, the guys, this is not this is not the Auburn team of the past few years where they're that there's some there's some issues right now. That they're trying to work out. and There's some flaws. And So um, would you like to be better than five and three in those first eight? Yeah, but, but that wouldn't be terrible for this team at all um and the back half's really tough we know that so I think people need to take take a step back let this team develop I think you're seeing good things from Janine Jalen in terms of consistency I think Wendell that was a that was a good job from him sort of taking that step in that leadership role and going out there and scoring and being the catalyst that he needs to be get back healthy Wendell healthy is good um a little bit too many turnovers but um, but still, saw, look, Chris Moore continues to be a player, an active player. A couple rebounds, a couple of assists, a block, six or seven or eight points. I mean, he continues to to play his role um, really well. I think they need Trey Donaldson to continue to get better. I would say, if, looking forward right now in terms of question marks, it's what, if anything, will happen with Chance, Westry, and Yuan Traor? To me, that's that's maybe right now at this moment kind of one of the biggest question marks is definitely. Okay. You know, Auburn played 10 guys, Chance didn't play, Yuan played like seven minutes. Can Auburn, is that the new, norm? can they, is that their rotations? I mean, are we just, what's going on with Chance and Yuan? And can they come on? Can they develop? Can they become part of this rotation? Or are we going to kind of count them out right now, which would be shocking because of how good they are and highly recruited they are and what they did in Israel. Um, and then it's just sort of not there. And I don't know all that, you know, like we've talked about to me, it kind of looks like they lack confidence, but chance didn't even get get in the game. So I think that's probably the biggest question mark is what are we doing with these two talented freshmen? I mean, Auburn's got to win games. You can't toss these guys out there if they're not confident in what they're doing and whatever. You can't toss them out there in the SEC right now. So how do they, how, if at all, do they get in the rotation right now, now that SEC play has started?
0: And you could always see an injury kind of force one of them into the lineup, you know, to an extent what happened with Trey Donaldson, he got, he got his chance and he, you know, stuck with those minutes, hasn't let him go, but it is, you know, seems like chance Westry is the crazy one too, because Yoan you kind of understand it. He's new to basketball. He's new to the United States to an extent. It's so much change going on for him that, Everybody sort of, you know, everybody saw the talent, but everybody also said if he has a, you know, I I saw a lot of Chumo Kiki development comparisons with Yohan and saying, you know, maybe he'll start to come on at the end of the year and he'll probably get a a bigger second year role if he sticks around. And I thought he was going to be better to just how athletic and big he is and fast and coordinated. I thought he was going to make a big splash right away, but I didn't expect Jalen Williams to be this good either. But uh, chances just, He looks so good in Israel at times and the knee procedure was, you know, billed to be no big deal. He's gonna bounce right back. It's gonna be nothing. And now it's just you know, they got him back and they tried several different things with him, nothing's stuck, and he's out of the rotation, at least for these past couple of games, and it's strange, but I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. (laughs) He's good. You know, he doesn't necessarily do what Auburn is missing. He's not a shooter. He's not really a go-to scoring threat kind of guy. He's a play within the flow of the offense. He'll make some really good passes, some drives when the lane opens up. And he, and you know, the the other thing about him is you go back to his high school days and the one that always sticks out to me is when he was matched up with Jaden Hardy and he just absolutely clamped up Jaden Hardy, who was, you know, At that time, Jaden Hardy was a top five projected draft pick and chance just, you know, shadowed him. It was like watching Isaac Okoro play defense and you don't see that either from him. He, you know, he loses his assignments on defense. He gets driven by and, you know, maybe there is something more to this knee procedure. I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating, but it's hard not to because he was so good. He was, you know, so such a perfect fit and now he's not there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with him. Um, and you're right. You know, they, they could get they could get into an SEC game and have a couple good moments. And you know, the same way Trey did. Trey, Trey got in that Georgia State game, had some good moments that helped him build confidence, then he went to USC, had a few more good moments. Um and, and so maybe that's what Chance and and Yuan and, and need or just some
0: some good moments. Um and so. even James Williams did that at the end of his freshman season. I can't remember exactly what game it was, the Tennessee game where he like threw the alley-oop to himself off the backboard. But I mean, it was like within the last five games of the season, maybe that, and that season was cut short, but that he developed a role and carved out a role. So it's not too late. You know, these coaches will allow changes to keep happening. Chris Moore was in the closing lineup last night. Alan Flanagan wasn't. Uh, Katie Johnson was back in it. You know, they're, they're still making changes. And so there's still plenty of time for them to do something, but, it is, you know, it's it's baffling that they're, the contributions have been so small from those two.
1: Yep, yep. Yuan played seven minutes um, and had one rebound. And so, like, and that's that's a little frustrating with Yuan, too. Like, you know, if, if, you're, not, if you're not in the place to be a scorer or to be confident shooting the three and all that kind of stuff, that's okay. You know, in seven minutes, it's not a ton of time, but, you know, get a, get a couple rebounds – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, draw a foul. I don't know. Like, it's kind of like, even when he's in there, uh, he's not in there. I mean, it's yeah. just sort of not, he's just, I guess he's not a liability. I don't know that anything bad's happening, but he's, but he's just sort of he's essentially all he's doing is giving somebody a breather um, when he's just capable of more than that.
0: Yeah. really.
1: Uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of continue to watch that That's sort of where I'm at with this team is trying to figure out what are the things that are just sort of baked in and like that's what you're gonna get, and where where where's the improvement? Like three point shooting, that that's baked in at this point. I mean, three for fourteen, they're just not a good three point shooting team. They might have some nights where Wendell catches fire and Jalen catches fire and Chris Moore hits a few, and you know they hit eight or nine threes. Um, but that's just that's that's not really gonna be them. Wendell generally takes tough threes. Jalen has got a chance to to knock down a few each game. Chris Moore gets some pretty good looks, but that's just something you look at, um, three or fourteen. Now, what's interesting is on that West Coast trip, they hit eight threes in both those games. Yep. Um, but, but everything else, so the two road games, they've hit eight threes. But then the other games, it's been a lot. There's been a lot of low percentages, and then three of fourteen again. So, you know, three point shooting is kind of baked in. But can Auburn cut the turnovers down? Um, offensive rebounding was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the better games they've had offensive rebounding. Like So there's areas where this team can maximize what they are. If they'll stop turning the ball over, um, shoot a little bit better at the free throw line, those are not hard things to do. Turn the yeah. ball over a little bit less, make a few more free throws, continue to play defense, continue to rebound, and they're a pretty good team. Um, they just can't afford to, like we talk about consistency, they can't have can't afford to have games where they shoot terrible from three, and also turn the ball over nearly 20 times, and also miss nine free throws. Like that's where you almost get beat at home by an average Florida team. That's that's when that
0: happens. So, um, plenty to work on, but work on. Like every game, they show a little bit of improvement and whatnot. So I I think there's still reason to have hope in this team, and oh no doubt, there's still plenty of potential to improve. But absolutely, in fact, these past three games, there's been something tangible that you can you know, see that they're doing better and see that something that they changed is improving is a good sign. You know, there's plenty of time. Nobody in the SEC is playing their best basketball, except for maybe Missouri, maybe Alabama, but there's time for this team. And I'm, you know, I like what I see. I hate some of the stuff I see, but the end of the past few games has been promising. Yeah. What's
1: crazy about Missouri, by the way, and we'll get out of here is great. Missouri has one loss. Um, it was at home, and Kansas went in there and crushed them by mm-hmm. thirty. Um, and that's a rivalry game too, so you know. But I'm but sure. playing but playing at home, I mean, you know, yeah. Kansas Kansas is a team that Tennessee beat. Um, yeah, they're, they're not as good as we thought.
0: They're not. Yeah. Kansas last year.
1: Yeah. So Kansas rolls into Columbia and wins by thirty. I mean, other than that, you know, Missouri has a, a two point win over at UCF. Illinois good win twenty point win on a neutral floor that and really Kentucky was kind of like was sort of coming out like so I, Missouri's good but I don't think we know yet I mean a bunch of their wins are over teams in the two hundred plus in a lot of these rankings I mean they have played nobody until Kansas got crushed beat UCF beat Illinois and then that Kentucky game was kind of eye opening but again Kentucky's a team that is, is not playing all that well either. We'll find out this weekend, or next next Wednesday, Missouri goes to Fayetteville um, and plays Arkansas that next Wednesday. And it looks like, I guess, that would be both of their second games. Mm-hmm. Let's see if Arkansas plays. I wonder if everybody's got off this weekend. Looks like everybody may have off this weekend um, <clears throat> just to kind of get a breather. So Missouri, Arkansas, that'll be, a, that'll be a big one. So Arkansas gets Missouri and then has to go Auburn and Alabama. Um, but uh but yeah, so Missouri still, like again, when we look at the teams in the conference, Missouri is sitting there at twelve and one and smokes Kentucky, but they've played nobody. Yeah. Um, so we don't know. Kentucky's not playing that great. What, there's just a lot still to learn about the SEC. I think outside of Alabama, I think Alabama's probably the most proven commodity at this point. Yeah, um but I think it's just good for for fans to take a step back that have followed over in the past, take a step back. Let's see how this team develops. It's a different team. It's a different team than we had last year. Let's see how they develop. There's a lot of teams in the SEC that, that have got their flaws, too. There's no juggernaut out there. Exactly. So we'll just kind of see how this thing rolls on. All right, man, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for Jay's um, breakdown of the Auburn-Florida game yep. um, as he dives into that a little bit in the next, um, the next couple of days. I don't know when, when that's coming out. Be on the lookout probably Thursday or Friday for that. Um, and then we'll have a week off. And we'll see how Auburn does at Georgia. Auburn will probably still sit around 20th in the rankings, 17th in Ken Palm. Um, and now gets another week to sort of refine things, get healthy, and and go to a Georgia, a game that uh, Bruce Pearl always wants to win. Oh, yeah. All right, Jay. Um, we'll get out of here. Appreciate everybody joining us. AuburnLive.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit notifications as well, and hop on and subscribe to auburnlive.com for all the latest uh, premium information, message board, intel, scoop, all that good stuff. Uh, For Jay, I am Justin. We'll see you next time.